Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 150 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the privilege to read your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today's reading brings us to the beginning of new things and the end of beautiful things. We start the book of Revelation today, which is a new beginning, but is also the beginning of the end of the New Testament. We also end the book of Psalms today with Psalm 150. Tomorrow, we will start the book of Proverbs. Once done with Revelations and Proverbs, we will start over with the New Testament and with our reading in Psalms. So we are in a lovely place on the 150th day of reading the Bible cover to cover in 365 days. Let us see what is happening in Luke chapter 17. Jesus talks about temptations that are sure to come. He tells us to pay attention and be on our guard, always trying to help one another. He tells us to forgive others for their sins. The Amplified Bible defines forgiveness as giving up resentment and consider the offense as recalled and annulled. This is harder to do than it seems. Let us pray that God helps us truly forgive others to the point that we hold no resentment against them. In the very next verse, the apostles asked for more faith. We may need to ask for more faith and lean into our faith in order to forgive the way Jesus intends us to forgive. Luke 17, verse 21, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts, and among you, and surrounding you. For so many years, I believed I had to wait to go to heaven to experience the kingdom of God. I have longed to step into heaven and meet the Lord and his son. However, as we read the Gospels and study Jesus and all that he said, we begin to understand the kingdom of God is all around us. The kingdom of God is within us. We can experience the true kingdom in our quiet moments with God, and then we can carry the word out into the world. The Great Commission, after all, is to share the gospel and offer the kingdom of God to all people. Let us pray to experience the kingdom of God here and now and every day of our lives. I'm excited to dive into the book of Revelations today. This book is written by the Apostle John and is a book of divine revelations given to him. I encourage you to read the introduction of this book because it outlines the different interpretations of the book. First, some believe the book relates to the first century alone. Some see it as mostly historical. Some view it as the ageless struggle between good and evil, God and the enemy, while still others think just the first three chapters are historical and the rest is yet to come. Then there is the question about the interpretation of the thousand years. Some think of it as figurative and some regard it as literal. Whatever your view is, we study this book over and over and continue to find new truths so that we can apply to our lives. Jesus is the main character and theme in this book. Chapter 1 is an introduction of sorts. John is given a vision. We are embarking on holy ground as we read this first chapter and beyond. John is given a message that is to be relayed to the seven churches in Asia. At the time of his vision, he was banished to the island of Patmos for spreading the word of God. In verse 3, he writes, Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who reads aloud in the assemblies the word of this prophecy, and blessed, happy to be envied are those who hear it and who keep themselves true to the things which are written in it, heeding them and laying them to heart for the time for them to be fulfilled is near. Yes, we will study this book and learn more of God's heart through his son, Jesus, who reveals the mysteries of his kingdom. John hears Jesus say that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and he was instructed to write down everything he saw in his vision and send his writing to the seven churches in Asia. 
There are a number of references from the Old Testament given at the end of verses 13 through 17. I encourage you to take a few minutes and look them all up. You will see how the Old Testament and New Testament are so intertwined together. I was blessed as I read these passages that were provided. Jesus is seen by John, whose hair and head was white as snow. His eyes were like fire. His feet glowed like bronze in a fiery furnace, and his voice sounded like many waters. Just imagine how powerful our Lord is. I imagine we would be extremely frightened by his might and power, and yet he told John to not be afraid. As mighty as he is, he is always thinking of us and our comfort. In verses 17 and 18, he said, I am the first and the last and the ever-living one. I am living in the eternity of eternities. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore, and I possess the keys of death and Hades, the realm of the dead. Wow. Jesus died and is alive and all-powerful forever. And then Jesus told John again to write everything down. He also explains that the seven stars John saw are the seven ministers of the churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches to whom the message was to be given. Well, let's see what's happening in 1 Kings chapter 13. We see God at work in this chapter. He sent a prophet to Jeroboam as he was offering incense on the altar that he had made against God's will. Jeroboam's heart was hardened, as were the people's hearts. It was prophesied that a later king, King Josiah, who was the 16th king of Judah, would burn the priest's bones on the altar. The priests who were wrongly designated as priests by Jeroboam, it will be about 300 years until there is a king who will reverse the rebellion against God. The prophet gave a sign that day that all this would happen. The altar actually split and the ashes poured out. King Jeroboam tried to apprehend the prophet, but God shrunk his hand. When he saw the power with which the prophet operated, he asked him to ask God to restore his hand. This was done, and the prophet left. The king asked him to stay, but the man said he was not to eat or drink until he returned home. An older prophet, who really didn't follow God, went after the younger one and deceived him into coming home for food and drink. As a result, the younger prophet was killed on his way home because he did not follow God's command. Let us follow God and not people, even if those people we follow profess to have heard from God. God and God alone is the only one we should follow. Jeroboam continued to make priests out of people who were not called by God, even with the warning he received. Verse 34 says, And this thing became the sin of the dynasty of Jeroboam that caused it to be abolished and destroyed from the face of the earth. May God keep us from temptation and forgive our sins. In chapter 14, we read about Jeroboam's son who was sick. He concocted a plan for his wife to go to the prophet who named him king to ask what would happen to the son. She went and was told the child would die and that all of Jeroboam's sons would die and be wiped off the face of the earth because he had made all the altars and burnt incense to the idols he made. Verse 16 says he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he has sinned and made Israel to sin. All of this eventually comes to pass. We will read more about Jeroboam's reign in the book of Chronicles. Jeroboam ruled for 22 years, and then his son Nadab ruled when he died. Meanwhile, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, ruled in Judah. He ruled for 17 years. He also built altars for idols, and there were repercussions. Shishak, the king of Egypt, Jeroboam's brother-in-law, came and stole all the treasures out of the house of God and the king's house. There was no peace for Rehoboam, as he was always at war with Jeroboam. Psalm 150 is one of the greatest psalms of praise. It starts and ends with the words, praise the Lord, with an exclamation point. The first verse tells us to praise him three different ways. 
The third, fourth, and fifth verse tells us to praise him with instruments. And the last verse says, let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't think there is any coincidence that the last psalm is so rich with praise for God. Let us praise the Lord as this psalm suggests. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for being the almighty God that you are. Thank you for all you do and all you are. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.